and we're back. Brand new year, no new me. Same old civil discord, your weekly dose of radical curiosity. I am one of your hosts, again, Maurice Jones. And with me here more often than I am, as usual, is Miss Amanda, Supreme Overlord of Liberty. I am now a defeater of Omicron. How are you doing, Amanda? I'm good. I feel I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a COVID hero. Uh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a survivor and a hero. And I did this for you, America. Um, and also for my two-year-old niece. Yes. <laughs> Evidently yes. when she gave this to me. Yeah. Um, so happy new year, everyone. And happy yes. new year, Maurice. Yes. We happy have a, a brand new year and it is a new you because you never step in the same river twice as the water changes. So do you. Um, I'm going to use that. Yeah. I'm going to oh, use yeah. that. You yeah, never that's... step in the r- same river twice. That's, yes. Yeah, that's that's yes. Heraclitus. Because as, as the water changes, so do you. Yeah, tax that. Um, so, yeah, I. <laughs> this is a matter of some debate between my parents and myself because my parents insist that I did not have Omicron. Um, and that's kind of the point is because Omicron is, is okay, it might be different for other people. But for, for in my lived experience with Omicron, my truth is that Omicron is so incredibly mild. Um, so what, what happened was I visited first, I, um, for, for the winter break, I went and I visited my, uh, my sister and brother-in-law and two nieces, um, one of whom just turned two on New Year's Day. So happy birthday mm. to her. Happy and, birthday to her. Yeah, and it was my first time ever meeting her in person. Um, I, I don't know, I don't understand how to handle small children. And so it was terrifying that she designated me like the sole holder of her for the entire time. So she just decided that I was going to be the person that that got to hold her and play with her. In the process of, of that of that designated holding, I picked up a few symptoms that she had had, uh, which were, of course, very, very tiny symptoms. But uh I let's see on day one, I was sneezing quite a lot. I'm not much of a sneezer and there was significant sneezing. I didn't really feel bad. Um, Night one, that was when I uh, went to DC to visit my parents and was having a teeny tiny bit of a headache, kind of like congestion, um, but not really a sore throat. But you know how when, you're, when your throat's kind of irritated because there's just drainage and congestion. So it felt like that. I was sneezing, I was sniffling. And then day two, um, I was still sneezing, had a tiny bit of congestion, but it seemed to be getting better. And I sing and I was uh, I did not lose any vocal range whatsoever I have receipts to prove that um, <laughs> so I recorded myself singing for my family so then night two was pretty good a little bit of a headache a little bit of sneezing and day three was a tiny bit of sniffles and then it was gone and neither of my parents uh, uh both of whom are boosted contracted this this uh sickness that I had. Um, I'm now hearing that those symptoms are very consonant with Omicron. Uh, and so it was, it was two days of sniffles and it was well worth it because I got it playing with my niece whom I love and adore. And it was not even a bad cold. It, it did not even rise to the level of bad cold. Right. So that that's my lived experience with Omicron. So we th- we have a 100% survival rate 
of Omicron of of COVID, any variants of COVID on this podcast. So we know what we're talking about. We are 100% experts. We both lived it. We've we we've gone through it. Um, I've been quarantined for ever or whatnot, and and it's it's crazy because so when uh, we were we were at my my mother in law's for Christmas, the day after Christmas, and I had been like a little sick. It, I mean, it was basically like my seasonal type. Mm-hmm. I always get this type of sickness every single year. Weather's changing. It goes. I don't know if you guys know. In the state of Texas, you can wake up. It could be 25 degrees. Then it'll reach a high of 82 ah. all on the same day. Like it is literally, I mean, yesterday we were, I was wearing shorts and it was 82 degrees. I woke up this morning and it was 35. Like this is, this is a normal thing for us. So weather changing, um, sicknesses kind of come along with that because your body doesn't really adjust to it. So we were having all that. Well, it's, it's, uh. Carly's, Carly's, my, my wife's, I just said her name, but my wife, her, her grandparents are, were very much like a, in the beginning, Hey, stay away from me. We're not going out. We're not doing anything. And those kind of things really following CDC guidelines. And if that's what they want to do. That's what they want to do. I'm not, I'm not forcing them to do anything. Well, we were all together Christmas Eve. Then we were all together the day after Christmas. Turns out somebody in the family was sick and all kind of got passed around. It happens. And then New Year's, they show up and he's got a mask on and we're just like, okay. And he's like, oh, I went and got a COVID test this morning because I probably have COVID. And we're like, okay. So if you're, and my thought process was, if you're really concerned about it, why are you here? Right. Like that mask is not going to save you from spreading it to anybody. Probably because there's no kind of unit. It's not sealed on your face. Like there's all kinds of gaps and stuff. Like, of course, I didn't say anything. I'm like, all right, whatever. And most everybody, of course, this is Texas and we're out in the country. Most of them were just like, all right, whatever. Most of us have gotten COVID. We'll be fine. We'll live through it and so forth. And I think that I'm hoping that was his rationale, but he, he didn't have a positive test. So we were just kind of going through it. And I was just like, that's almost a complete 180 to how you were a year ago. To hey, don't come around me. Don't do anything. To hey, I got a test this morning. My fever broke last night, and I'm out here New Year's New Year's Eve, going to, bringing in the New Year, trying to give this thing to everybody and their mama that's out right. here at this New Year's party kind right. of thing. So, um, but I mean, it, it was it was a good holiday. Um, I'm glad you were over your bout with Omicron. Uh, if if it was in this household, we flew through it and. It's it's crazy because the symptoms of Omicron are very close to the flu. Um, if and I've uh, Good Morning Larry posted a, a a meme on Facebook and it was Larry just it said CDC symptoms of uh, of of Omicron and then it said uh, it was Nyquil what <laughs> what symptoms it reduces and it was literally the same exact thing like it, it was awesome. It didn't even feel like a cold. I mean, it, it felt like a cold, but it wasn't even a bad cold. I was right. expecting a bad cold. I was expecting to get it. I really was because right. I was, I was going to be on multiple flights and airports. I was going to be around little kids. I was like, I'm going to get this. It's, you know, of course. so, and I was ready for it. And I, I was expecting a bad cold. It wasn't a bad cold. It was, yeah, it, it was sneezing and like a teeny headache and that's it. <laughs> yeah. So, but it, it, it's all gravy. We're both healthy. We, we are we are also younger so that may 
play a part in it and so forth. So again, this affects everybody in different ways. But speaking of people just doing a complete 180, like some grandparents that are in my life, um, the CDC and the Biden administration have some say have just have realized what libertarians and other conservatives were saying for the past year and a half that everybody's just going to get it and we might as well just get over it. Others interpret it as we're fed up with you guys and we're just going to let you guys do whatever you guys want to do and move on, which I don't think is the case, because if that was the case, then they would have said that maybe a year ago when when this stuff was was um was still out there. But um, thankfully to the lovely Internet, people have receipts. And there's a tweet that went out and Joe Biden said, if I was commander in chief, I don't have a word for word verbatim, but he says, if I was the leader of this country, I would take care of COVID-19 and we would stop it. I would have a plan in place. And he was talking about the 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 45th president of the United States saying how he was doing a horrible job surrounding COVID. And then all of a sudden, Joe Biden turns around and says, in essence, there's nothing we can do. Everybody's just going to get it. Hmm. Go figure. Yeah, and you see, like I said, it's going to be it's going to be left to the states. Which honestly, that was kind of Trump's thing too, is leaving it to the states. Um, yeah, it's 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 funny because, and this is this was almost simultaneous with him putting putting out or his his comms people putting out a lovely statement on the White House webpage that said, you know, if you have been vaccinated. Uh, we're not going to shut down your life. You know, you're going to get through this. If you haven't been vaccinated, you can look forward to another winter of, of death and sickness and overwhelming hospitals. But it, that really seems like something that Donald Trump would post. So that was the first thing that went through my mind is that <laughs> looks like something that Donald Trump would post. Right. Um, just this trollish kind of, you know, own, own the whomever are your political enemies kind of deal. Yeah, it's it's an interesting pivot, and it signifies this awareness that this is really out of any government's hands because this is a virus and this is a biological process, and viruses have existed longer than humans have existed, and they are going to be transmitted from creature to creature regardless of what anyone does. That is what viruses do. So it is absolute, it, it's absolute uh, arrogance to think that any government, any administration can, can solve this, no matter how draconian the measures. And, you know, I, I think some of this also has to do with the fact that we're seeing an uptick in cases in blue states, too. So mm -hmm. it, there's not really a way to blame anti-vaxxers for this because there's there's this uptake in uh, or this uptick in, in blue states clearly among people who have been vaccinated and that's fine there this seems to be a very very mild variant and people are not dying people are not overwhelming hospitals probably for a number of reasons and um and it's it's interesting because you know one thing that the Biden administration could do right is they could come out and they could say they could declare victory they could yeah. say, yeah, we have amazing vaccines and we're also rolling out new, they shouldn't have been new, should have been the first thing we, we attended to, but we're, we're rolling out new treatments and therapeutics now. Yep. Uh, this is treatable. This is something that you can, to a large extent, even prevent having severe symptoms. Um, 
we won, we had this amazing infrastructure in place, and now it is time to live with a new virus that we, through our wonderful, innovative capacity, have learned to combat. Mazel tov, yay, Joe Biden. And I, this is this is what I would do if, if I were Joe Biden. But no, instead, it's kind of this slow crawl toward maybe relenting on some restrictions and not others. And people are not going to be left satisfied as a result. People are not going to get the victory story that they want. And I think ultimately that's going to uh, reflect poorly on, on Democrats in terms of in terms of uh, their constituency. Definitely. I mean, they they could have come out and said, look, with everything that we've done in spite, I mean, they they could have even blamed anti-vaxxers or people who who don't want to take the the COVID-19 vaccine. They could have blamed them and said, they're the reason we have this variant, but we are the reason why the variant isn't as strong. They could have gone all kinds of routes and said, we did, did everything that we could, this Omicron variant it's not as deadly people like this is this is typically your seasonal flu this is your 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 basic cold that you will get whenever the weather changes they could have said literally something like that like it would be along those those same lines so you can combat this with your basic day quill with your nyquil with your your mucinex your your everyday over-the-counter medicine you can combat this omicron with that and then that way it it would it would give them a boost. It would kind of uh, calm the masses as far as um, the, the people who are very much COVID, 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 COVID. And then you would you would still have the have the split in that you need to move forward with um, moving into this um, in, 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 into this election season with a hey, it's the anti-vaxxers versus the vaxxers, and so. You would have everything that you need to continue this, 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 um, this war that you've been waging for the past almost two years now, and so. But no, you just kind of like you said, just oh, I mean, there are a lot of things, a lot of things that this administration has has fumbled and dropped, and this is another thing. This is a prime example for you to politic your way out of it and to be great and to say hey, blah 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 or whatnot. But no, that's not what you do. You fumble this, among other things, and then you have the CDC, in I mean, almost literally in in unison, dropping down their their isolation time from ten days to five days, um, talking about what kind of mask you you're able to wear when you go back to work, and so forth. It's all of these things were ripe for you to say, "Hey, look at what we're doing." Even the CDC agrees with us. Even Doctor Farsi. Literally, is I mean, because he's come out and, and talked about how kids are going to get it, and how you know maybe we should look at things in a different manner, almost like libertarians and and true conservatives have been preaching for maybe about I don't know the past year and a half, talking about how you can't really combat a virus because it's a virus, and talking about how this really doesn't affect kids. At the same rate as it affects the elderly population, discussing, hey, maybe these vaccines aren't really the best as far as combating everything because of how things mutate. I don't know. All these kind of things that people have been saying for the past year and a half. And it's one of those things of like, I mean, 
I'm right 99% of the time that 1% of the time I was mistaken. Like it's, that's the same mindset that I feel like a lot of libertarians are literally sitting there saying right now, like we've been preaching this to the masses for ever for during this whole COVID pandemic. And now all of a sudden you guys want to start lining up with us so you guys can look right as opposed to acknowledging you were wrong. And they never will acknowledge, acknowledge that they were wrong. I'm not expecting them to, I won't hold my breath. But I will say this, it is nice to see that, hey, maybe there's going to be some sense of normalcy in the, in the future. I'm not going to say near future because they could they could prolong this thing out because you got states who are still doing the mask mandates. And uh, yeah. I think Boston, Boston is coming up with the, Boston and Chicago have both stated that you will need a vaccine passport. They didn't word it like that, but you will need to show proof of vaccination in order to go to specific businesses in order to um, operate life as normal in order to do these things. So, I mean, it is what it is, but maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel, but maybe it's a train. I don't know. We'll we'll see when it gets closer to us. It could be a train. And and, and this is going, this is going to keep happening. Ladies and gentlemen, Be, be, be very prepared to be very frustrated because you will hear people like Mr. Brian Stelter of the CNN talking about, how maybe we shouldn't be counting cases, and you think. So you you will be hearing people say things that you have known for years, years, plural, at this point. And I actually am torn on this because part of me really wants to say, okay, this is refreshing. I'm glad you get it. I agree. Yes, we shouldn't. We need to be decoupling cases from hospitalizations. And another part of me wants to say, okay, we got to hold your feet to the fire a little bit and, and point out the fact that you propagated this insanity against which you are now railing because it now affects you. Now, finally, it affects you and your family and your kids. And it's it's a difficult balance to strike, right? Because you want to give credit where for some to someone for coming around, but you also want to say you're partly responsible for this. And this is where you know I go back to, you know, when when Joe Biden was inaugurated, people on the left were very torn about, you know, do we embrace Republicans and Trump supporters, or do we hold them accountable for whatever ills we think they've they've contributed to over the past four years? I get that sentiment because it is hard now to hear people saying, "Oh, now I now I realize that uh, that there's a little bit of a rationality in, in making kids eat lunch outside on buckets in thirty degree weather," uh, but. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how to, how to titrate that, if you will. Well, y'all know me. I'm going to hold, I'm going to, I'm going to pull the receipts. I'm going to hold their feet to the fire. I'm going to call them losers. I'm going to call them anything and everything under the sun. I'm going to let them know how stupid they were in, in believing in following the science that is Dr. Farsi. And following the science that is the the government agency of the CDC, and and even even though they have been bought and paid for a long time ago, and it's so that's just me. Y'all yeah. don't have to follow my lead because I am definitely in the minority of minorities, and, and I and I know Amanda is definitely a, is, is a lot nicer 
I don't know. I, am. <laughs> I definitely like, I'm gonna throw up their seats for sure. I mean for sure. I just also know that you know when when you push someone and when you hold someone's feet to the fire on, on something, sometimes you you know that that just drives them away because they think, okay, well now I have to become wedged in my convictions and continue right. to justify them. So it's a difficult tightrope to walk. But no, I'm a fault their seats too. Right. <laughs> well, there was one receipt that, that everybody pulled up that it was a uh, I will be respectful because I just can't. Uh, Rachel Maddow, when she was discussing about how effective these vaccines were and how the vaccines will stop the virus. And you once you get the vaccine, you can't transmit it. And this has been proven. And this will stop the pandemic. And this, I mean, and she went on a tirade, not necessarily a tirade, but a rant or, of some sort for about a good two, three minutes explaining how these vaccines work and and so forth. And it's just one of those things like, well, that didn't age well. Like, not at all. And even when uh, it was, um, what's in, uh, uh, Rochelle. Uh, Rochelle oh, speaking in a personal capacity, Walensky. Yes, yeah. there there she the is. Name. There she is. When, when she's on the CNNs and the MSNBCs of the world and she's discussing, hey, this is what we need to do. And we need to dangle a carrot and we need to do this and that or the other to make these people get vaccinated. And now it's say, oh, um, we now we know these vaccines don't stop the transmission of of COVID and these vaccines don't prevent you from getting it. And so it, this is literally the, the CDC It's if you test positive, you need to isolate regardless of your vaccination status. You need to Stay at home for five days. It's been from 10 days to five days now. If you have no symptoms or your symptoms are resolving after five days, you can leave your house. Now, I'm going to tell you this. I had COVID. I had evidently, I tested positive for it. And then 14 days later, still tested positive for it. But that was past my isolation period. So I'm going to tell you, I stopped showing symptoms in two days. When, when during that whole thing, I mean, I had a I had a cough, but I I but I mean, I've I've a cough year round. Like that's nothing. I maybe I got COVID year round. I don't know. You have long COVID. That's what it exactly. is. exactly. COVID, COVID COVID for two years. COVID COVID going on five years before it was created in the lab. But uh, so if that's the case, then I should have been out of I should have been out of quarantine. You know, in in five days, then you can leave your house. Continue to wear your mask around others for five additional days. And then if you have a fever, continue to stay home. All of this in in the grand scheme of things is is how people should operate to begin with. Yeah. If you are sick, you shouldn't be going around other people getting everybody else sick. Like, that's just, I, I, I don't know if that's news to you people. I'm pretty sure it's not news to our listeners. But I don't know if that's news to anybody. If you're sick, why are you going around other people? That makes no sense to me whatsoever. Common, that's common decency. That's almost like you just licking your hand when you're sick and touching everybody in the face. You over here coughing and sneezing on everybody and spreading droplets everywhere. I don't know if you notice when you sneeze, stuff comes out of your nose and it goes a far distance. I sneezed the other day in my house. My wife was four feet away from me and she looked at me in disgust because some stuff landed on her. And she literally looked at me like, I cannot believe you just sneezed on me. I was like, but I was all the way over here. She's like, next time. Sneeze properly. I was like, you know what? You're right. I figured I was in my own house. Like, I don't need to do a vampire stuff. But hey, she loves me for who I am. So, but in case you guys don't know, that, that that's how things spread. 
And so, and from the very beginning, I have never been anti-COVID. I've never said that you should isolate in this, that, or the other. All I've said is make a decision for yourself. And that's firmly what I believe. So if you're out there getting sick and getting other folks sick, that's on you. Don't be out here licking, licking your hand and stabbing people in the face, going and sneezing people's in the sneezing, sneezing people's mouths. Like that's disgusting. If you're sick, stay home. If you're showing symptoms, stay home until your symptoms are gone. Like that's that's how normal society should operate. But hey. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like this. We're back two years ago, and everyone's talking about how you need to wash your hands. I'm like, right? <laughs> we learned this in kindergarten. Yeah, we learn how to wash our hands. We learn how to cough. We learn how to sneeze. We learn to stay home when we were sick. But it's true about the droplets, right? Like when I was when I was sneezing, I was at my parents' house. You know, it was in the middle of the night. I, I woke up with some sneezes, and I'm just watching the droplets. I'm like, yeah, those are, those are some droplets. <laughs> I can see. How that would you know take an R zero to a to a seven to ten people? Yep. Yep. So it, it's true. It's it's the droplets that you got to worry about. And um, yeah, the CDC's uh, new guidance. I mean, it, it's 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 just what people should be doing. It's how you it's how you should operate when you get sick, regardless, as you were saying. But if you say anything to the contrary, outside of what the CDC is saying, oh, you're you're anti science. You you don't know what you're talking about. You need to follow the science. If you don't believe Dr. Fauci, you don't believe in science. And to doubt him is to doubt science. And and these people's, oh man, for these people who are who live and die by by the religion that is their their government, the almighty gov that they believe in and that they pray to every single day. But all even more so along the lines of of COVID and so forth. You got something in here about university campuses, and and I imagine yeah. that you may be dealing with something that may hit somewhat close to home. Yeah, not quite sure, but I'm just kind of throwing it out there. Yeah. So, so the first the first thing that that you going back to Rochelle speaking in the personal capacity of Walensky, another thing that she admitted is that <laughs> I have to say her full name. It's very important. I'm respectful like that. So another thing that Miss Speaking in a Personal Capacity admitted was that um, that PCR tests can be uh, positive for up to three months. Um, and that, of course, is long because they're so sensitive. So long after the period when you are indeed infectious, you can test positive for COVID. Now, that's not to say that if you, if you do have COVID, your PCR will be positive for three months, but it's up to three months. And this is something that people were saying from the beginning, and then we're, of course, being called conspiracy theorists for it. And then she goes on, I think it, it was the CNN, it might have been the CNBC. Um, and, and she admitted that. Now, this is problematic for a couple of reasons for me, because this is how um, my university campus is requiring all students and staff to test every week. So we could <laughs> we could potentially be seeing a huge influx and this huge surge of positive cases, not not hospitalizations or anything, positive cases that may not even be symptomatic. I could go in, I could I could spit in a little cup as as I as I do every every week and have been doing every week, and it could come up positive because I had the Omicron uh, over over winter break. So this is worrisome, and it's worrisome in particular because many campuses, mine included, are predicating their winter quarter, um, you know, remote learning decisions on cases. Um, my administration, in particular, 
has a lovely um, decision matrix, uh, which is it's up for public viewing. It's up for public consumption. I'm not revealing any secrets that I'm not supposed to be revealing. This is all online. It's in a PDF. So, so their their decision matrix talks about how they're going to make decisions about whether to move to entirely remote learning. And particularly concerning is the fact that they are going by hospitalizations. One of their criteria is hospitalizations in the county relative to percent vaccinated, which means that if you have everyone in the county vaccinated and one person is hospitalized for COVID, then that's a criterion for moving online that you have to, I think you have to have between three and, and, and seven. So that's a criterion for moving online, which is absolutely absurd because again, you're going by, you're going by, you're, you're going to percentages when you should be counting numbers, you're counting numbers when you should be going to percentages. And it's, it's difficult because, again, we're talking about cases. We're talking about cases of something for which 97% of the student body is vaccinated. And is, they're not going to be getting sick. They're not going to be dying. They're not going to be spreading this to people who are then going to get sick. If they do, these will be rare incidences because as we've seen, this is an incredibly mild virus. And I'm sorry, you cannot regulate what what a huge student and faculty body does. You just can't. Some of them are going to spread a disease. It might not even be COVID. It might be considerably worse than COVID. I'm, I'm a student. I should know. So it, it it could be all of these different things. You're not going to be able to regulate what your students do. And it's, it's really concerning to me that, um, that administrations are putting their own face saving over the educational enrichment of their, of their students. And this is something that in particular affects undergraduates but it's something that people do when they are outside of a classroom. It's something that people do when they think that people are only attending an institution to get a piece of paper and are not actually interested in the educational experience, are not actually interested in the dialogical exchange. Uh, and it's, it's deeply troubling. It's something that, honestly, um, it's cold comfort that I see this happening across the country. I, I don't just see it happening uh, in the UC system. And the only reason I say that's cold comfort is because uh, in that regard, I cannot pine to be somewhere else because it's happening all over. Um, and then I feel guilty that I take comfort in that um, because that feels rather selfish. But in, in any regard, it's it's a problem and it's one uh, with which I, I, you know, I, I continue to struggle and I think a lot of people do. And, and, and as you stated, it's not just your, um, your locale just cause you're in California. No. And so forth. Um, I will tell you there is a university that is in the state of Texas, Texas, that is doing something similar. I mean, oh, yeah. the, 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 the president of the university actually tweeted out and said, Hey, as you're traveling over the over the holiday breaks, please make sure that you regularly get a COVID test. That way, you know exactly how to. Um, uh, let, me, let me make sure it says you regularly 
get a COVID test at one of the many curative testing sites or any COVID testing location near you, especially those who were unvaccinated and traveling throughout the holidays. Mm-hmm. Like this is a tweet that she's saying. I mean, so it, it, it is. It's everywhere. The, and as uh, in Texas, you're not safe from all this stuff either. But her, her the responses to that were not very um, pleasant. Oh, really? Which, which, which I get. I mean, because it's it's one of those. It's like we don't need to take medical. We don't need to take medical information from you. We uh, at your request, like you're just out here. You know, you're the 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 tyrant of of my alma mater, which which I love to represent on a regular basis. I'm actually representing them right now via my hoodie. Eat them up, cats. Oh, or Texas State. Like, yes. Um, I, I love that university of death, but I mean, it's, that's like me tweeting out, Hey, all my listeners, I request that you guys go out and purchase firearms using it. Like, no, like people let people do what they're going to do. And, and especially when you, when, um, when you start doing things, cases versus actual percentages and numbers and so forth. And even, even I will use his name properly now because He's saying something that we've been actually talking about for years. For 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 I say years. It has been years. It's been been years. two years now. Um, Doctor Fauci was literally talk was literally talking about people with COVID and people who who have COVID. Like it. Like it's as far as like hospitalizations. So because he 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 brought the example of let's say a kid goes to the ER because they broke their leg. Every time you go to the hospital, you get tested for COVID. If you go in there because you have a broken leg and you test positive for COVID, that is you were you were in the, in the hospital with COVID, not because of COVID. And I'm and I'm sitting there listening to it like, huh, that sounds awfully familiar. Sounds like people who 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 have been saying this for a while. But um, I I would uh, people are people are slowly coming around. But going back to to this UC system, I mean, just the the the, the concept of of well you know what, let's just do percentages in this one because it'll make things look worse than what they actually are. If if I have 10 people that are vaccinated and one of them had test positive, oh, that's 10%. Like, oh my gosh, you know, we have to, and it's like, but no, you have a hundred people who aren't vaccinated that aren't dealing with, that aren't dealing with things. And so it's just what's one out of a hundred, that's 1%. And when you, when you use these numbers, I'm a statistics guy when you use numbers to benefit your case, I can see right through them, but not everybody else can. Like it, it, it's, it, it's, it's this, this concept of, Hey, the numbers are right. You could say, Hey, numbers don't lie. The numbers are true. This is a percentage of this, this, and this or whatnot. But you're, you're using those numbers to benefit everything that you want to push and to, to make things to I, I, almost to create scare tactics to, to force people to, to live in a in a constant state of fear for something that they really shouldn't live in, in fear of. And I I will say I do not downplay any sickness that anybody gets for any reason at all. But what I do downplay is the fact that you are trying to cause fear into people in which fear doesn't need to be. Um there were I had a friend this weekend who she quarantined herself. She was sick. She was sick, running a fever and everything. She didn't go and get tested, but she was like, you know what? I'm sick. I'm not going to go anywhere. I'm not going to do anything. Then 
when she was able to schedule to, to go get a test, she came up negative for COVID. Mm-hmm. When I, the whole time she's in quarantine, I guarantee she thought she had it. She definitely thought she had, it, but she but she tested negative for it. And it so it's it's this this idea of of everything is everything is a COVID. Everything's COVID. Everything's COVID. We assume that it is, and we're already we're running out of tests. We're doing all kinds of things, and then we throw numbers in front of in front of everybody. And who was it that said, um, uh, if you're looking for a test, go to like like a, go to one of these red states because they have them in abundance. And, and I think that was Brian Stelter. Um, I, I, I feel like that's who it was. That sounds like Brian Stelter quote. But it, it was, it's, I was like, man, the irony in that, like, I mean, go figure. But all, all that to say, using numbers to manipulate data, to, to fit your narrative and to push something that, that causes fear amongst people is for me, I, I think it is horrendous thing to do. It, it is something that people do on a regular basis. And I, I, I get so disgusted with things like that. Like I, it, it makes me, it, it, it infuriates me to the point to where I don't get physical because I don't aggress upon people unless they aggress upon me. But I'm a borderline thing. You trying to put fear in my in, in, into my life? That's that's a form of aggression to me. And you will, and it will meet with some force. But I don't attend any of these universities. I I am no longer a part of of part of that system. Although I do love my Texas State University and how great of an education I got there and what I did. I do not at all at all. Um, advocate for what they are doing and forcing people and and placing fear into people um, by saying by counting cases when they shouldn't be counting cases in that sense. So yeah, I mean it's a great way to keep people in line. Fear is, and that's it, it's it's so it's interesting because when you think about all of these different mitigation strategies people are coming up with when you when you when you think about how every single variant has to somehow be more terrifying than the last when if you look at viral progression that's not in fact how it tends to work when you look at the cycle of fear and and hyper arousal that that we have today it's actually a pretty interesting um, reflection on contemporary consumer culture, right? Where, where we've, we've commoditized fear, we've commoditized panic. And so now we have to have the next, you know, the, the next big mitigation strategy. We have to have the newest, the newest thing to do. We have to have the, you know, the next, the next vaccine, the next booster, the, the next thing to freak out about, the next test to buy. People are lining up to get tests like they're lining up for the next iPhone. I mean, it really yep. is. Ladies and gentlemen, this, I, I'm sorry, I, I say ladies and gentlemen, when I get emphatic, I know this about myself. This, this is consumer culture. It really is. You are playing into it. Uh, if, if, if you weren't aware of that now, you are. So and it, it, it reminds me of, uh, of, of, I'm, I'm, I'm a get, I'm, I'm, I'm a get to, to a specific level here, but the sunk cost fallacy. Yeah. So like, if, if you guys don't know what that is, that's you hedging your bets and then thinking, oh, well, I'm too far gone. I'm already invested in this too much that I've got to keep going. Even though you know what you're doing is not going to yield you any sort of return. It is not going to be beneficial for you at all. And I think that instead of 
people actually were trying to admit that they were wrong and admit that they handled things in the wrong way and saying, okay, it's a loss. Hold the L. I'm taking the L and moving forward. They just continue to, oh no, they press forward and say, no, we've got to try this now. We've got to try this now. We've got to try this now. Oh, that didn't work. Moving on to the next one. That didn't work. Moving on to the next one. That doesn't work. Moving on to the next one and so forth and so forth and so forth. And then at some point you were going to, you're going to lose everybody who was following you because you, you have put in so much time and effort into trying to be right where now you it's, 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 it's a foregone conclusion that you cannot defeat a virus. Like I don't, I, I feel like, I mean, as you stated in the beginning of the episode, we've been fighting viruses for, for years, for hundreds of years, for millennia. And I, I'm not sure of one that we've actually won. We've, we've been able to stop it for the most part, but even then, Viruses kind of come in and they mutate and they do all kinds of other things or whatnot. But I mean, people, I don't, I don't know if you guys realize Ebola is still out there. Like that, that that's something that people that I know when Obama was president, oh my gosh, the Ebola outbreak. And, and there's always something else that, that we are trying to push for. And, and I feel like people who are on this these branch covidians because that's exactly what they are they're still pushing this they're they're so far in it's a sunk cost fallacy they are just they put all their eggs in a basket and then now they got more eggs and they're putting them in that same basket i don't know where they're getting these eggs from but hey i like my eggs scrambled thank you (laughs) and i posted i posted this on on my personal twitter account too is and I've said this on the podcast before as well, that you do see with, with cults, with doomsday cults, that when doomsday comes and goes and then there's no rapture, what happens? They double down more. And it's this strange phenomenon that, that you see across doomsday cults. And, and part of that, I think, does have to do with the sunk cost fallacy. Um, but we're seeing that now where everyone was, was thinking Omicron was going to be this horrible thing because it's so it's so contagious. And it turns out to be it turns out to be a kind of minor as far as we know. Um, and instead of declaring victory, right, instead of turning the L into a W, which you really could, what happens is now people are saying, okay, well, but there can still be long Omicron. You know what? Yeah. Maybe, maybe I have long, no symptoms. I am, I am long asymptomatic and I'm okay with that. If if that if that's what long Omicron is, so it, it there there's just no there's no means of of relenting. There's there's no means of of giving this up. Hey. Anyway, this is a new year because we're going we're going to end this episode on a light note. There we go. Oh, hopefully, it's a light note because I'm going to get into some resolutions of like this is what we need to do and be a little bit more intense. But no. I, I prom. I, I'm not gonna promise. I will strive to make sure that I do not get intense on my New Year's resolutions. But um, Amanda put in, in in our show notes was just kind of discussing like what should a, what should libertarians or Americans in general what should some of their New Year's resolutions be? And I thought that was pretty pretty interesting to to, to kind of think about as far as moving on. I mean, we are officially day two, almost the end of day two into the into 2022 which um, has been good for some, bad for others. Uh, don't really know. I saw somebody on new, some, I saw somebody get proposed to Aww. New Year's Day. 
um, in Times Square, they were kissing with mask on. Don't know how efficient that is, but hey, you know, <laughs> Wait, are you serious? <laughs> hey, yes, no joke. I kid you not. I kid you not. We're kissing with mask on on New Year's Day, oh, like being no. supposed to in Times Square. Yeah, yeah oh, I'm like no. oh, hey, safety first, I guess. I don't know. You know, hey. They're following guidelines. You know what? Maybe they were just getting over their bout of Omicron and they were following CDC guidelines that they were out in public. And so they had to make sure that they had a mask on. So, okay, whatever, whatever floats your boat. That's how it is. But within the new year, um, Amanda, what, what are some, some resolutions that you feel like the libertarians or the American people should have for the, for the next 363 days? of this this year. That's right. So we're all, we're just plowing right through, aren't we? Um, you know, I, I think one thing that I would like to see in particular libertarians who are, who are generally pretty, uh, pretty placid about things. Um, and that this is a, this is a negative, this is a don't. So generally I don't like to do negative resolutions, but um, one thing that I would like to see people just be continually more mindful of, especially if you are more more of a get along to go along type of person, do not suffer fools, do not suffer cowards. And yeah, if you resolve to suffer neither fools nor cowards, whatever that means for you in your life, you getting out of situations where you are surrounded by them, um, calling out your own foolishness and, and cowardice, because I think generally when we notice it, it's because we notice it in ourselves and it irks us in ourselves. Um, yeah, to be more critical consumers of, of all information, ask why, ask why someone is saying something in a certain way, ask why something is written in a certain way, ask why you believe something uh, and, and not the counter narrative. Um, yeah, critical self-consciousness, I think, is, is a big one. And that's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit abstract, but, um, you know, being very mindful of, of, you know, not suffering fools, not suffering cowards and, and, and taking a stand, taking, taking a risk when you see something, um, with which you don't agree, uh, speaking out about that. Cause I think right. a lot of times we speak out to people that we know are safe and mm-hmm. sometimes we just keep things to ourselves and, you know, once a week, once a month, whatever, uh, take a stand when you're not quite sure whether it's safe. I like that. I definitely do like that. I think, at, at least for me, one resolution that I would have is um, I would, and some people are starting to do this, which, which is a good thing, which is a good thing. I would highly encourage, especially libertarians and real conservatives, to stop bending the knee when it comes to the culture war. Um, to truly get into things outside of politics. Because if there's one thing that libertarians and conservatives win, it's political arguments. It is. It is political arguments. They they can go back and forth and and so forth. But when I go out in public and 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 I and I wear specific shirts um or or I, I tell them like, hey, you know, I'm in the anime, they look at me like I'm crazy like 
you're in the anime like you're weird that's that's for losers this that the other or you like comic books that's for losers nobody does that the only thing that you like or the only thing that people like now that's that's socially acceptable is the mcu which i've because of the culture war and and people losing that and how the mcu now is is changing things that don't fit comics for a for a political agenda it's it for me it it definitely lessens the value of the mcu and so forth so i have no desire like i got into a conversation with my nephew my brother-in-law the other day and they said hey on christmas day my wife and i we went and saw a movie we went and saw sing Two. loved it great movie if you haven't seen it i'd encourage you to sing it it's phenomenal um i like seeing and i, well, I was going to say sing Two. they're like what you didn't go see spider-man you didn't see spider-man no way home and so forth and i was like i have no desire to watch that and and when when they hear that, they think like, oh my gosh, like this is a like one of the highest grossing films. This is so anticipated. And then when I tell them why I have no desire to go see it, it starts to spark an interest of, oh, hey, am am I am I even just with this movie, but am I really giving my money to people who don't like me on a political spectrum and and who want to see me fail? And who want to see certain things go down, um, it it really starts starts to spark a conversation. Now they may go see No Way Home, and it's fine. And No Way Home didn't have I haven't seen it yet, but I know it doesn't have a, a whole like political agenda in it. But other movies have that that come from the same from from the same um, studio. So I, I would highly encourage libertarians, conservatives, American citizens to see where their money is actually going, and to say like, okay. Does this person, does this company truly support the things that I support? Now, I'm not saying, um, in, in the words of Eric July, I'm not saying put all of your eggs into those baskets. It's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying, take a look at how much you're spending. And and is if 1% of that is going toward people who, who truly desire liberty and people who truly have a desire to, to see you free, then instead of going 1%, go 10%. If it's 30%, go 40%. Like do something to help move things along. And it doesn't have to be something that's straight political. It could be something along the lines of, hey, you know what? I've got a friend who who's part of a band and that band is very, um, is very libertarian in their lyrics, but it's not evident. Or hey, I've got a a, a buddy who who creates movies and their movies are are, are very they're very good. So let me support them in, in that manner. It's not a now I'm not saying go out there and just find some Joe Schmo on the street who does something that's horrible and give them money. That's not what I'm saying at all, because on the flip side of that, as libertarians, conservatives and so forth, you need to make sure that you're putting forth a good product that people actually want to purchase. People that actually want to watch. People aren't just going to hand you money because, oh, hey, I'm for freedom or, hey, I'm pro 2A or whatever the case may be. You need to put a good product out there. But that being said, I would if if I could see one thing that the libertarians, because libertarians, and conservatives, they lose the culture war 100 percent of the time. It's not even a question. If you could literally just get out there and do something to change that, accept comic books and in. In, in a in a realm of hey maybe it's not as weird as I think it is it's just not my forte um from music taste to 
to, I mean, anime, manga, all of those things that people deem as weird or whatnot, be able to say, look at that, open your eyes and look at that from a different lens of, okay, maybe that there is somebody in this realm doing things that are great and I can support them because they don't want to see me, see my political end. They, they actually support me in what I want to do. So let me give them whatever I can, whether it's following them on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, um, doing all of those things that, that you guys do for us as well, doing for them, sharing things. I mean, doing stuff that's free. You don't have to give them money. I'm not asking you to do that, but although you could give us money, that's fine. Yes. I mean, if you want to give us money, then, then by all means, you know, you can hit my Venmo up. Um, I'm all for it. Whatever you do supports this podcast. I'll tell you that. Um, but just doing those things to make sure that, that, that a message of freedom and liberty is actually being put forth in realms outside of politics. Cause I feel like that's a lot of times where we lose. And so if we can change that, then I, I really do think we'd go somewhere with that. No, that's, that's, that's very thoughtful. And that's, you know, supporting, supporting independent creators, I think is, is always, is always a must, um, you know, and I don't know, at, at the same time, um, not, you know, not only filtering things through a lens of, of, of politics, you know, do I only spend time with, with the people with whom I agree? Do I only spend time listening to, to musicians whom I know agree with me, which if, if I tried to do that, I would not be listening to any music whatsoever, Right, but things like that. Yeah, no. So I, I like that. I I think it's a good idea. Um, You know, in general, I think this is, this is, going to be a year i anticipate this being a year where where people become more and more politically independent and you Mm. give yourself permission to do that um yes you don't have to say i'm a libertarian you don't have to say i'm a democrat you you don't have to say i'm a liberal but i disagree with the democrats um you don't have to agree with someone because you agreed with them on something else. And this was a big problem back when I identified as a, as a conservative or as a Republican, as I, you know, I thought, okay, well, if, if I agree with them on, I mean, I, I never agreed with Republicans on social issues, but it was always this sort of thing where you think, okay, well, if I, if I agree on this one thing, then you kind of let other, other things slide. And no, right. I mean, you have the opinions that you have, you don't have to sort yourself uh, the way that a party or or an ideology tells you to be, uh, you know, s- says you should be sorted. Um, but yeah, I like active resolutions. So I, you know, so I'm I'm going to go back to my one of, you know, taking that risk of of saying, saying something and speaking up for something that is unpopular in a given in a given milieu. Doing it once a week or once a month or or whatever that you're most comfortable with. Um, and you know, being, you know being a lion every every now and then is, is yes. a good thing gotta be a lion yeah also get healthy yeah. get fit yeah. i know this is a new year's resolution for everybody every single every single time and then by the time january rolls around the gyms are not as packed which i don't mind because my gym is always packed at this time but get out there get healthy if you need to make sure you're hitting your steps or whatnot um if there is one thing that we have sh- that's been shown is that the healthier you are, the less likely you are to be hit with this COVID as as bad as other people. Now, I'm not saying that you won't because there is an exception to every rule, but let's be the rule. Let's get out there. I mean, even if you're taking a walk around the block every single day, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. At least in Texas, it's not, it's not as, it's not 
it's cold right now, so it's not quite gorgeous, and it's a little windy, which suck. But get out there, take a stroll. Um, I'm not saying telling you to go join a gym or whatnot. Walk outside. If you have a dog, make sure your dog is getting exercise with you. If you have a cat, try to get your cat on a leash. <laughs> um, I'm definitely going to try doing that with my cat. Don't think it's going to work. Let me know how it but, goes. <laughs> definitely don't think it's going to work. But, hey, we got him into a sweater. So we're, we're, we're making progress to something. We're making progress to something. So, um, but just just making sure that that, that you guys are, are are being active in something in your life. Don't just sit there and and um, wait for somebody to come save you. Wait for somebody to come fix your life. Wait for somebody to to do things for you. Get out there and do them yourself. Because that whole good things come to those who wait. I'm not sure I entirely agree with that. No, nope. um, you need to be. I, I would say maybe if you're actively waiting. As in, you're actively doing something while yeah. you're waiting on something to happen. Then okay, um, I'd say good thing. Good things come to those who actually put in the effort to work to to better them, better the lives to do something. So we're two, we're two, three days into this new year. Um, start off on the right foot, making sure that you were um, doing the things that you're supposed to do. We'll be here every week, week to remind you of your New Year's resolutions to make sure that whatever you did, there's somebody here to hold you accountable for that. Because I know I'm going to hold myself accountable to making sure that I'm active, making sure that I'm not as uh, loud and aggressive with people when, 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 it, when it comes to coaching or even teaching or, or how I handle things with my wife. You know, I'm, I'm, I am a, a devout follower of God and Christ. And so I'll make sure that I do things that that honor that. So. That's in my word and, and, and so forth. This is, I know this is not a, a, a Christian podcast or religious podcast or whatnot, but I, I don't shy away from those things regardless of what, regardless of if anybody opposes my beliefs or not. And, and it it is what it is. So this year, those are things that I'm going to, to look back and reflect on. And I told, uh, for those of you know, I'm, I'm a coach and I told my guys this year, I said, Hey, um, I want to make sure that I'm a better man today than I was yesterday and the day before. And so making sure that I'm not equal to myself on the same day, the only thing I can, the only way that I can do that is to be a better man every single day moving forward. And so what is that going to take uh, this year? Take a year to reflect. Um, looking back on the previous year, what can I do better? What do I need to focus on and so forth? And we encourage you all to do the same exact thing. But that being said, please subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Subscribe. Please leave us a five-star rating and review. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, Let us know what we can fix. All being five stars because we know that we are 100% worth it. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. Um, Civil Discord Pod. Uh, Civil Discord podcast, Ajax the Griff, and call me Maurice. Do all of that, and I assure you we'll be back again with another another episode of Civil Discord. Until then, y'all be easy. Stay fierce.